2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
3: All right, Fight Fans. We are live on this Friday afternoon, December 4th, 2020. Man, it just feels good to say December after this crazy year, but we're here. The UFC has three more events left here in 2020. The first of the trio goes down tomorrow night at the Apex UFC Vegas 16 And there's been a lot of shuffling of the deck, so to speak, in regards to the main event at 185 pounds. But now it'll be Jack Hermanson taking on Marvin Vittori, a really interesting matchup. We're going to talk all about it with all of you as we welcome you to the UFC Vegas 16 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alex K. Lee. There he is, producer extraordinaire E. Casey Leiden, back from a brief vacay. Hello, sir. And uh, we're also being joined by a very special guest, one of the voices of the UFC, the voice of Dana White's Contender Series, fellow Massachusetts guy. He is the great Brendan Fitzgerald. Welcome to the preview show, sir. How are you?
4: Thank you, Mike. How are you guys doing?
3: Happy to be with you. It is great to have you here, Brendan. Since you are the special guest, Mm -hmm. we will kick things off with you because the main event tomorrow night is going (laughs) to feature Jack Robinson. Jack was originally slated to fight Darren Till. Then it was Kevin Holland. And then six days ago, we found out that Holland tested positive for COVID-19. And now Hermanson is going to fight Marvin Vittori, a guy who has just been itching for an opportunity like this for a little while now. It's clear that Darren Till was the biggest name of the three. Holland was a really intriguing matchup. But now with Vittori stepping in, give us your thoughts on the main event, along with Hermanson's sort of bring it on mentality here.
4: Yeah, well, the bring it on mentality is uh, I think that's served fighters this year better than in any other year. You see guys that have turned it around in a few weeks time or a month or Kevin Holland got four fights in the span of like three months. You know, there's no other time, even if you want to stay busy, there's no other time in my few years that anybody's been able to do that. So the bring it on thing is good and it's all thumbs up, but uh, the opportunity was with jack hermanson to try to build his name right off of darren till and the the star that he is and then we've seen this in other fights too this year where the opportunity the the higher ceiling if you will then shifts to the other side all of a sudden marvin vitore is fighting a guy in the top five not to say he doesn't deserve it just that he obviously wasn't expecting an opportunity like that this soon and uh man he's been really good every time in if he can win this one and he talks a lot of trash and he gets in your face he's he's good for the cameras in terms of the optics of the fight game it's stare downs and and weigh-ins and and all that other stuff so uh you know big one for marvin vittori all europe in the main event and uh speaks volumes that they have uh vittori as the favorite
3: here albeit slightly but uh i think it's a great matchup I agree, AK. What do you think? Because Vittori moves up a week, he was supposed to fight Jacare at UFC 256. He and Kevin Holland pull the old switcheroo. In your opinion, AK, is is this fight more intriguing, less intriguing than the Hermanson Holland fight? What do you think?
5: Uh, I think in a way, I'll say in a way, a bit more intriguing because I do think a lot of people have been eager to see Vittori fight again and to get a higher ranked opponent because there was a while there, you know, who's calling out like Chris Weidman, obviously trying to you know find a name. Find a way that, that he could creep up a different way. But now to just be handed, I shouldn't say handed, but now to be snatching the opportunity to face a, a top five guy is huge. I think Brendan raises a really good point as far as you know, we we can we can be sometimes critical of uh, of the, the decisions that fighters make when they're like they fight, oh, I'm gonna take this fight on a week's notice, I'm gonna take this fight on three weeks' notice. And sometimes we'll say ah, like, oh, is this really good for this guy's career? Shouldn't he be, you know, be more strategic? He's coming off two straight wins or what have you. But this year, he's absolutely right. I mean, we're Mentioning Holland, we're talking about him as possibly the fighter of the year, um, depending how his next fight goes. Right uh, uh, later this month, and you wouldn't have thought that was possible if, at the beginning of the year. If you had said Kevin Holland was a, was in a front runner for fight of the year, everyone would have said you're out to lunch. How is that even possible? But he's made the most of these circumstances, and now Vittori is doing the same thing. If, if you had said beginning the year, Vittori could be putting himself on the short list uh, for a potential title shot. And, and make no mistake about it. If he beats Hermanson, that is what's going to happen. He's in the top five. When you're in that top five, all you need is a bit of luck, and you know maybe some bad luck from for uh, to befall your peers uh, for for yourself to to get a title shot out of nowhere. So if he he he's snatching this opportunity, we wouldn't we didn't see it coming. And uh, yeah, for Hermanson, you know it's a great it's a great fight, just uh, entertainment wise, and also to prove that he belongs in the top five. But really, for Vittori, boy, he has so much to gain from this. And uh, yeah, there's really no begrudging any fighters jumping on short notice opportunities this year.
3: Casey like like the two other gentlemen stated, Vittori, you know, despite kind of going in there with with a lot to gain and you know, some to lose, he, he has a little bit of pressure on him because he's been screaming at the rooftops for a top 10 guy, now he gets a top 5 guy, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, but I certainly feel like the lion's share of the pressure is still on Jack Hermanson, much more to gain for Vittori certainly. But should Hermanson get a win, which the odds makers, as Brendan sort of alluded to, they have Vittoria as a a 140 favorite as of right now. Where does Hermanson go from here? Does this do much for him in terms of getting closer to a title shot? Uh,
6: Not really. (laughs) Unfortunately, I just don't think... I I think the, the lines kind of prove what we're kind of thinking about Hermanson in the sense that even though he is top five, he does. He just doesn't seem to get the respect from the fans. Still, I mean, was was um, on Was he a favorite over Jacare?
4: Probably. I don't think that line was out yet. And oh, that line wasn't out yet. Okay. Oh, sure. well, yeah, probably. So, what,
6: what, what would you think? Would you think he'll be a favorite against Jacare? You. you yeah. So, so I would think so. Okay. So, I, I guess just we just have. I guess most fans and media just feel like Vittori just needs this. He just needs an opportunity. I guess to face a higher ranked opponent. Um, but back to your question, is like, um, what does this do for Hermanson for victory? Not too much, even, even though he's considered the underdog coming in the fight, which I think is, I think it's weird. I mean, I actually have I think, I I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I think Hermanson's really good, but, um, yeah, very dangerous fight for Hermanson, but you can't really pass it up either just because considering he just doesn't have, I don't know, just even though
3: he's high ranked, people don't feel he's a title contender yet. What do you think is at stake here for Hermanson, AK? I mean, we talked about Vittori. If he wins this fight, he's like you said, he's he's right there. He's in the conversation at least for title shot. He's probably still needs another win or two to get there. But if Hermanson goes out there and let's say he submits Vittori in the in in the first three rounds, where does he go from here? it's so
5: tough to say especially uh given you know we don't know exactly what's going on with Israel at Disney obviously the plan is for him to go up and fight Jan Blachowicz uh so should that happen then at least the rest of the middleweights kind of in this, uh, this limbo which se- several of them have, have discussed already uh plus Robert Whitaker being the number one contender but making it clear he doesn't plan to fight until a, a bit later in uh in 2021 you know he has, he has another child on the way under understandable but again making things a bit uh, a bit murky for everyone uh Paul Acosta has been lobbying for a rematch Ever since that uh, that unfortunate loss to uh, to Adesanya. so uh, again, I, I don't downplay the importance of just of just for lack of a better term, treading water. I think holding on to the spot is very important because again, depending on how everything else shakes out, maybe Whitaker, you know, he comes back, but also or he decides to take a longer break or suffers a minor injury that keeps him out. Suddenly, Hermanson is right there in that top five to again either face uh, Adesanya if if he decides to come back and, and defend his title soon uh, after that heavyweight title fight, if that even happens, or the dreaded uh, interim title fight happens. You've got to get two names at 185, uh, and Hermanson could easily be one of them, uh, especially, like you said, with an, with an impressive win over Vittori. So, so I do not downplay the importance of Saturday's fight for him at all.
3: Brandon, if Marvin Vittori wins and Kevin Holland hold wins... Hold on, hold on. I just want to
4: piggyback okay. on the Hermanson thing real quick. Sure, <clears sure. <clears <throat> so, like, at, at stake is not much in terms of rankings. He's fighting down in the rankings. But you look at the top five, if, he's gonna, if Whitaker's going to be on the shelf, if Costa is not rushing to get back, he already fought Cannoneer at three. So Hermanson's sitting there, like if he doesn't take this fight, then what does he do? Just sit on the shelf then and try to wait for one of those guys. And then also kind of screw over the UFC in terms of a main event. So then they don't want to do him any favors. You know, it's just it's you're put in a position where sometimes it's good to hold your spot like that. Get some equity with the company, prove that you do belong, prove that the levels are different, right? Anthony Smith fought Devin Clark. He got him out of there in two minutes. Right. He fought. He was six. He fought out of the rankings and he was like, cool. And then he took care of his business in a major way and then got him out of there. So with Romanson, I think you're looking at that factor, too, where it's not like he can just "No, I'm not going to take this one and I'll get till in February in a main event. It's like that. That That's not how it works either. So I think, you know, for him, it's still a good test too. you know, it's still it's still a really good test. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to. Go ahead <laughs> is, is, yeah.
6: is this, this Romanson's first main event?
4: No, no he fought. No, um, oh okay, he had, cannoneer. Yeah, okay, cannoneer, Okay, mm. too. Oh, and he fought Jacqueray. Jacqueray oh, as well. Okay,
5: yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I think I think what Brendan's—I I, well, I don't think he's going to put it this way, but—and I hate to turn this to a, into a verb, but I don't think anyone wants to be Leon Edwards did at this point. You guys <laughs> know what I mean, like for. Poor Leon Edwards again, you know, went from so many opportunities. He's, he's on this huge win streak, and had all these opportunities in front of him, and they just fell apart for for reasons outside of his control. And suddenly he exits. He enters twenty twenty one just in this completely nebulous state. Is he, is he viewed as a contender by the UFC? We don't know. So I, I think that's sort of the point as well. That that yeah, Hermans, you you cannot say no. You cannot be picky. You have to stay busy. You have to stay in the public eye. You have to keep winning. Even a loss, I think, just staying active and fighting guys at Vittori – uh, is important. So yes, you just don't want to be putting that that uh, that unfortunate corner that Leon Edwards found himself in uh, this year.
4: Well, sometimes yeah, you can choose to sit out like Leon has in some regard. Leon, you know, mm-hmm. obviously COVID happens the week before his fight against Willie. All that sort of stuff happens. But there are some fighters too that choose to stay on the shelf. But then they look back 18 months later, and they're like, mm-hmm. man, what if I what if I took this opportunity and this? Meanwhile, you look at mm-hmm. Kevin Holland who. Of course, was lined up for this main event, and it's because he always said yes and then backed it up. You know, so if you truly think you can back it up, it behooves you to say yes, prove it, and then the and the money gets bigger and the opportunities get bigger, and you build your star with the fans too. You know, and that that equity goes a long way.
6: But you also don't want to be JoJo Calderwood and take a short notice fight against someone like Maya, and then so I
4: I I completely yeah, but JoJo now also is owed a favor. She yeah. knows it, they know it. And Dana had mm-hmm. good things to say. Oh no, I agree. I agree. Afterwards. I'm just, yeah. She's I not agree. gonna have to do a lot to yeah. get that title shot. Yeah. Down, right. I think I think
6: just turning it down completely is would have been
3: the wouldn't have been a good career choice. Right.
4: <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's tricky to do that. Yep.
3: That video of him getting the phone call that Holland was out and that he's getting a new opponent, he just took it all in stride. It was amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If you told me, and then then when they faced off today, if you told me that Marvin Vittori would be the one smiling and Jack Armancer would be the one kind of mean mugging, probably wouldn't have believed you, but that's what we Mm -hmm. saw, which made things a lot more interesting. Brennan, I I just want to get your take on this real quick. If Marvin Vittori wins tomorrow night and Kevin Holland beats Jacare, which guy are we looking at as kind of like, the man to watch at 185. Are we looking more at Vittori or are we taking Holland's overall five and O resume into account? And we're, we're looking at him as the guy with the higher ceiling. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't hate matching both of those guys up themselves. Like I'm looking back at uh Vittori's, you know, resume, like the biggest thing on his resume might be the split decision against Adesanya, who's just mowing through people on his way to the top. And he goes split decision all three rounds with him. Um, I don't know if you can separate them because now Joaquin Buckley looks uh, a lot different than he used to. You know, and after Kevin Holland beat him, it's like, oh, maybe he actually did beat somebody. And, man, yeah, I mean, I think each of them is just waiting for that bigger name, that proven top 15 guy. They haven't beaten that guy yet, you know, But but they're right there. They certainly each have their opportunities. To, you know, Jacare is not in the top 15 right now, but he's he's got a resume that speaks for itself. So if they both win, I think you match them both up, right? And maybe see who really belongs up there. That might be a good one.
3: I'll tell you who would love that more than anybody. Kevin Holland. He's been anchoring for that fight for a while. I spoke to Kevin Holland the other day. He actually... Lo- Go back and, and watch that interview if you're, if you're listening right now because he actually prefers the Jacare fight because he feels that if he went in and beat Hermanson... He's becomes a main event guy. Then he can't jump in and take short notice fights anymore. So he's actually happy with. He's happier with the Jacare fight. So he still, for a little while longer, can, as he said, have some fun in there, which is hilarious. Now, Brennan, I'm not going to ask for your pick. I'm not going to put you in that position. But AK, I will ask for yours. Who gets it done in the main event tomorrow night?
5: Well, I like Jack Manson so much, you know, and uh, and I have a. I think I have a bad habit lately of going against experienced people. At least I certainly did last week. I I, I was on the Devin Clark train. I, I thought it was his time to kind of uh, make that jump up. But of course, Anthony Smith, much more, much more experienced, took care of business, great fighter. Uh, so uh, having said that, of course, I'm doing it again, Mike, and once again, going with the uh, lesser experienced <laughs> fighter. Uh, as you know, I, I like to double down. You know, that's what they call Alex like double down. Lead. That's what they call me. And uh, so I am going to go Vittori. um is it going to go? No, I don't think it's going to go to a decision. I, th- I think Vittori will finish him. Let's say sometime in the third round. This, this is this is the uh, this is the amount of thought I've put into this. But let's go with Vittori. All right,
3: Casey, <laughs> what do you think?
6: Oh, I'm going for Manson. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Manson is very good. I think Manson is a legitimate top five middleweight. Uh, I think he's reaching his prime. And um, while I enjoy um, Martin um, Vittori enjoy his, um, his trash talk and just basically just kind of throwing anything out there and see what sticks. Um, you know, that's fun for easy articles and things like that. But I just think Hermanson's a better fighter, and I
3: think he will submit him early in the second round. It's a really interesting matchup. I mean, Vittori could absolutely go in there and get a win. I think he's got the skills, the stand-up to get it done. Here's the thing. A- at some point, Hermanson is going to get this fight to the ground, it's just going to happen, but how is Vittori going to respond? Because yes, Vittori got the finish over Carl Roberson, but he was in a tough spot at one point. Roberson had his back, almost slapped on a rear naked choke. And if Jack Hermanson gets in that position, he's not going to miss. So if Hermanson can get him down and Vittori can get right back up quickly, that's going to be a huge confidence booster for him. But Going off my gut like I typically do hasn't failed me too, too much. I'll go with my gut. I'll go with strategy. I kind of look at this thing when I make picks like I have actual money and supplemental income like I would bet it even though I don't. Hermanson, at dog money just seems too good to pass up, and I'm not going to actually physically bet on this, but if I did, I just I, I can't ignore that. So give me Hermanson. no clue how. I just think he gets it done. Huge opportunity for Marvin Vittori for sure. We're going to get the, to the listener questions in, in, in a moment. but let's touch on the main in the on the co-main event quickly, because we did have one hiccup on the scale. And surprisingly it was Ovin St. Pru who was the first, one of the first to actually step on the scale. And he missed by a pound and a half first time he's missed weight ahead of his fight against Jamal Hill. Who's not going to get 20% of OSP first. So Brendan, this is one of those prospect versus vet matchups that we're always so intrigued by, right? You called Jamal Hill's contender series. win. I think you called his other two fights as well yeah. and OSP, <laughs> been at this thing for a long, long time. He's coming off one of the kind of forgotten, but really brutal knockouts of the year against Alonzo Menafield But there is a lot of buzz around Jamal Hill right now. A Contender Series alum, 8-0. Hill is the favorite. He's as high as a minus minus one eighty-five on some books right now. Are you surprised that he's, one, just favored here? And what do you what do you think of the matchmaking at, at the points of the career for these guys?
4: Yeah, I mean, I like it because you got to, OSP wants to still fight and he's fought a ton of guys so th- that limits who you can put him against you don't want to just do a bunch of osp rematches if if he can help it and so it he does make a lot of sense as the guy to put against contender series up-and-comers or just prospects in general to see if they can truly hang because osp is still a really good fighter like he's proven that and he shut down a bunch of guys he shut down the prospects so if you're a prospect that can go then beat him Dominic Reyes, for instance, right, looked really impressive against OSP. And it's like, okay, he's for real. And Jamal Hill has beaten, you know, Darko Stozic and then Klitson Abreu. So he's looking for a name. Like he's, what is he? 8 0, 7 0. Oh, that was a no contest because of the weed. Overturned, so, yeah. <laughs> so That's, it's a victory. Like he's, <laughs> he's young in his career and he's looking for a name because everybody who he's beaten so far has not been a name that people are going to be impressed by. Um, I don't want to say I've underestimated Jamal Hill each time, but I'm just surprised at how good he's looked. Even in the Stosic fight when he went to a decision, he still looked really good, like just dominated that whole fight. And then like the knockout in the first round, the knockout in the second round on Contender Series, I was I was wary of how uh, good he would be At this point of his career because of the experience but he's proven that wrong so i guess i'm surprised he's a favorite again over a a guy like osp who's been doing it for a long time but jamal hill as motivated as ever and osp stepping on the scale two pounds heavy at three minutes after the weigh-in window opens i don't know if you can draw from that or not
3: but um you know this is a good this is a good test for hill AK Ovense Pru, I spoke with him like right before the Alonzo Menafield fight, and he feels like it's the dawn of a new era, 205, with John Jones expected to jump up to heavyweight, opens things up a little bit. He feels a little bit better about things. Of course, it sucks that he missed weight, but then you have Jamal Hill, who's getting, as Brendan said, this big chance to have a, a coming out party here. We haven't had a giant sample size of Jamal Hill yet, but is he a guy, in your opinion, that you think to yourself, this guy is top 10, maybe even top five potential. Like, how high do you think this man's ceiling is right now?
5: Oh, boy. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm pretty measured with these things. I, I'm always hesitant to overhype anyone. As anyone who's ever heard, as anyone who's heard me talk about Hamza Shamayev in any of our shows, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, during this year, I've been, I've been the wet blanket a little bit when it comes to sort of building people. So I think Jamal is hellaciously talented. I think anyone who's seen his fights can, can tell you that. Again, I know Brandon's got a closer look than the rest of us, so can de- definitely attest to that. But uh, I, I really see this as, a, as just a bridge too far at this point in his career. Um, it is... I, I know it sounds like I'm doing the opposite of the Vittori uh, Hermanson pick, but I just... We're talking about... Uh, this would be his third UFC fight versus uh, St. His 22nd at light heavyweight. Uh, that's crazy. That's a huge, huge jump. Now, talent and, and youth certainly uh in, in in the combat sports it can it can close a lot of that experience gap i i understand that and i'm sure there's a lot of people who'll be looking at this as uh, saint pru almost being maybe being fed um to a prospect that the ufc likes i don't view it that way uh i think saint pru is, is still such a, a strong legitimate test he is uh, i think still ranked i think i believe 15 uh in the ufc's official rankings. so and you know light heavyweight maybe not the deepest division but that still means something um so i i don't know if hill's ready is hill is ready for this challenge yet so so saying that uh i don't know how highly i can i can predict that you know that i feel like he's going to be a future top 10 guy uh don't know about that yet i, I want to see how he reacts to this fight not not just not necessarily how he wins or loses but his performance and, and how he reacts to the results particularly if it doesn't go in his favor that that kind of would tell me a lot about his future uh, as a contender at 205 pounds
3: we want to get to the question so ak is that your pick you're picking osp here I'm picking OSP. And by the way, uh,
5: just for anyone out there, it's crazy. He missed, that's the first time he's missed weight. Uh, this is his 20, 20 second, uh, appearance at 205 pounds. First time he missed weight. So I, I think he's excused. COVID-19 has thrown everything to chaos. I'm just gonna, mad to mention that, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with OSP. Anyway.
3: Casey, who do you got here? You got the, the wily veteran or the, the surging prospect in the co-main event. Um, uh,
6: I'm going for, I'm going surging prospect. Uh, I like Jamal Hill. Uh, I, I don't, I can't answer- i don't know if he's a top five top ten guy eventually but um but I, I, I more than anything i just like this matchmaking i love i love prospect versus vet i love the placement of the card the co main event on a fight night card this is just a there's no real there's no real deep storyline on this fight it's just can o s p stay relevant or is jamal hill a new contender and um i think he's i i think he's very good um i think OSP missing weight especially at 9 a.m by a pound and a half that's just odd it just doesn't make sense really um especially because it was only a pound and a half but um you know, there must be something to that story we'll find out eventually but um I think this is Jamal Hill's night and um we'll see uh, I'm ex- I'm excited actually I'm excited I'm excited I'm excited about fresh faces at one at
3: 205 yeah I uh I'm pretty high on Jamal hill it's not just the power that the man possesses in his hands and his feet, but he puts out so much volume; it's crazy. He's always moving, he's always throwing from all angles and every limb in his body. And you know, OSP certainly has the ability to get this fight to the floor and do what he does. And sort of similar to the Vittori Hermanson fight, if OSP gets him down and gets on top of him, how is he going to react to that? If he can get back up to his feet, it could be a long night for OSP. But OSP could certainly start start von pruing dudes and. We'll see what happens. So if Hill does a minus P's and Q's, you know, that is a strong possibility. But I think Jamal Hill is ready for this moment. I, I think he sends a strong message to everyone at 205, and I think he picks up the biggest win of his career. I don't know if he gets a finish, but I do think he gets it done. But uh interesting main card, a six-fight main card, AK. I know that gets you excited. We got Gabriel 10 p.m. Benitez e- for- <laughs> 10 PM ET start time. Woo!
6: Oh, it's one yes. of those.
3: Oh, Woo! Dang. Post, post fight show around 2 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. So set your alarm clock. So we got Benitez versus Janes. That should be a banger at 55. We got Montana de la Rosa versus uh, Tyler Santos. Roman Delidze versus John Allen. That's going to be a crazy fight at 205. And then a fight years in the making. Nate Landwehr versus Mavzar Ivalev. That's going to kick things off. 10 p.m. Eastern, main card. Six fights, AK, all the feels. But uh, Casey, let's go to the peeps. Ready for see the what's on their mind. All right, uh, ahead of this, uh, ahead of this fun card tomorrow. One second. <laughs> <laughs> what is Alex Kaylee's middle name? Please tell me it's Alex Kevin Lee. I don't even know the uh, answer to so, this question. We're no, best Kevin, friends. Ke- Kevin Lee is my cousin, obviously.
5: As is uh, Andrea Lee. So it's a, it's a hell of a gathering we get together. No, the K stands for uh, quality. Uh, especially when it comes to spelling. So there you go. Alex quality Lee. <laughs> there you go. Is that K K U or KW? Uh, it's K. It's actually K I E U W. <laughs> it's it's I'll, I'll, I'll send it out later to people. I'll tweet it out later. Don't worry about it. It's it's I don't
3: want to okay. it. there's an accent in uh, there as well. Yeah. Alex button your top button like a professional from. That's not a, That's not a question.
5: That's not a question. I don't and have any. either.
6: Robot. Come on, get
5: out of here. Get this. Get this troll out of here. <laughs> that does look sharp. That does look pretty sharp.
6: Thank you. All right. Well, so we got that. any 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 real questions? <laughs> honestly, honestly. <clears throat> Hold right.
0: on.
6: Oh, where, oh! I just lost it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go?
3: <laughs> oh. Uh Prince vegeta son. how will Vittori's age and last performance that was underwhelming play into this fight?
5: By the way, that, pronunciation, think, of vegeta is, is, that pronunciation of Vegeta is going to make uh, Jose Young's go insane. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't have the spelling and the pronunciation quality as uh, uh-huh. Alex quality Lee over here. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Do, do you think, Brandon, do you think Vittori's age factors into this fight at all? Uh, Vittori's
4: age? I don't yeah, think so. No, I mean yeah, he's like comp- just that right level of been in the fight game for a while. Hasn't taken too much damage. His last performance was. I thought didn't he? I t- didn't he get yeah, a bonus? Didn't he tap him out in the first round?
6: Yeah, after, it was Robertson, right? Yeah, after all that, yeah. after all that beef they had in the fallouts and everything. Yeah,
4: he yeah, struggled absolutely. early. I mean, what's early? The first minute. I mean, I don't know when you get into the feel the fight and there's you know a lot of heat on it because of what happened in jacksonville and all that stuff it's like he's just he's an aggressive fighter um so maybe his aggression like put him in some situations but if you can get into trouble and then fight your way out of it and then tap a guy out and get a bonus uh i don't i never view that as like like i don't know i don't view it as a as a down if you get yourself into trouble you get out of it and you finish somebody especially if you do it all within the span of a round that, to me, is more impressive. You know, like, yeah, the fight game happens, you get you get put in a bad position or you get hit real hard and you're able to recover and then you finish another guy. You know, like Dariush against Drakar Close. Would you be like, oh, it's pretty underwhelming against Drakar Close in that second round because he got hit? It's like, no, took the shot, punched him back, and then he knocked him out. And it's like one of the knockouts of the year. So uh, I, I would say all things good for Marvin Vittori based on what we've seen recently.
6: Yeah, I agree. I think I think fighting through adversity is a positive, you know, especially in a a competitive matchup. I mean, I don't think we we when we saw, you know, Izzy getting hurt by Kelvin Gastelum, we go, man, that Izzy guy, he really was really a blockbuster fight there. Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I I I understand maybe what the uh, the commenter is asking, but uh, I I think that's looking at it very uh, glass half full. sorry half half empty yeah it's very negative view on uh to me a
3: a positive performance yeah
5: i I, I think people go ahead mike
3: no i was just gonna say maybe he means just kind of what we were talking about earlier like you know first big name like you finally got there you know it's it's a big jump from you know fighting carl roberson to fighting the number four guy in the world so maybe that's maybe the experience level with the age and Maybe that's what he means. I don't know, AK. What, what's your sort of interpretation of that?
5: I think people sometimes forget that the the the, the, like the best champions, you know, the all-time greats that we look at, like George St. Pierre, like Andrew Silva, some of their most memorable fights uh, and performances, and the reasons we, we lionize them so much is because of performances where they face adversity. Mi- mixed in, of course, with the, the dominant highlights, the fights where they completely like handled people and embarrassed them. But I mean, Andrew Silva, people his most famous fight, everyone's going to say Chasona. I mean, that's, and that is the one he struggled the most. And and then pulled out the win at the last second, and that that is what I I would assume I can't speak for everyone, but that most people point to as like this is what makes a great champion, not just the highlights, but boy coming back and, and sticking in it for five rounds. So, uh, but I, I, I it, it is something you sort of mentioned earlier, Mike, where uh, if he can't if he he might have gotten away with some of the mistakes he made against uh, Roberson, but that might not be. Uh, such a good idea to to play if things play out the same way against Hermanson. So perhaps it's kind of where the root of that question comes from, and where where maybe uh, uh, Kevin Holland I think has kind of said these things about Vitoria as well. Like oh you know I wasn't impressed by the Roberson fight, but I agree. I think it's best to look at at glass half full, be optimistic, and take the positives from coming back from from such a tough situation and getting a first round finish and a performance tonight. Bonus.
6: Real quick, has has Vitoria been impressed of anything? <laughs> Is Israel Adesanya maybe on his way to becoming the greatest middleweight ever? Not impressed. And like, it's just like (laughs) I, I get, I get his, you know, his attitude. But like, man, every every fighter sucks according to Vittori
5: You know how how the cool (laughs) kids are these days, Casey Brendan. You're you're what Brendan? You're 27, right? I mean, you know how it is. You kids aren't you kids you kids aren't impressed by anything these days, right? Like everything you just got everything so cool,
4: right? Is that to me? I'm definitely not 27. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, you could have fooled me. I was going to say, I
3: I think most people would have assumed. (laughs) Ooh, this is my favorite kind of question. Is there a fight on this card that could be considered a sleeper fight? What I mean is a fight that is good, but it's getting much coverage, but I'm I'm assuming isn't getting much coverage at all outside of the main and co-main. There's a lot on this card. AK, okay, I'll start there with is. you. What's your what's your what's your under the radar fight on this card? It, is the Evloev Landwer fight under the radar? I'm not
5: sure it is. Like, I, I, are we are we going to specifically say prelims or just anything that's not like main and co-main? Because it would be the Landwer Evloev fight. I mean, this is essentially uh the uh, the M1 global uh, featherweight championship bout that never happened. Um, Landwer, if anyone. I believe you can find a lot of his fights are free on YouTube, his M1 global fights, find some of his title defenses. He was just putting on, he's shown glimpses of it in the UFC. The fight with Darren Hawkins was amazing. Uh, but when he was in M1, he was just putting on great, he's awesome back and forth battles. And uh, Evlowev was kind of the guy who was also kind of coming up. It looked like it would be inevitable they would fight, but of course they eventually um, both made their way to the UFC. So we're kind of getting that fight now. So that for me is like really highly anticipated. I think people who kind of keep up with um, sort of the more international you know, aspect of MMA is also super excited about it. So I, I do, I do think it qualifies though as under the radar, probably for a lot of you know maybe the casual ESPN viewers. So uh, I'll tell people that that is an ideal main card opener. I might complain about six fight main cards, but if you're going to have to uh, start off a six fight main card, that's a that's a really good one to start off with.
3: Which one uh, are you looking at, Brendan? That isn't getting the love that it should be getting. So that one,
4: that one is. You know, I would say the one that you would circle. I'm surprised that Yavloyev is a minus 630 favorite. Right. Biggest favorite right. Minus 630? 630? Yeah. Goodness That's me. kind of surprises me. Um, the other one I'll say is, well, there's two, but the, um, where is it? Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Benitez, Justin James. I think is just a really fun fight that yeah. nobody's going to be talking about before the night starts, but it might win fight of the night at the end. And then Cody Durden and Jimmy Flick I think is a great fight too. Uh, and that one's really early in the night. So those are my two prelims that I'll say are, uh, you know, your fight of the night candidates based on but who, who you have there. And um, the lines are a bit closer with that one. I would have said, you know, definitely the Landwehr fight, but I'm surprised that that line is so big. Uh, I just love Nate Landwehr. I mean, I just love everything <laughs> about him. Um, so uh, I'm always, you know, looking forward to him fighting. And then you never know what he's going to say on the mic. He's
3: one of those guys. So those are those are the other... Other ones I'll give out. Yeah, I think I think I think Dalidze and Allen is going to be crazy. Those two are just going to sling leather until somebody falls. I'm very excited to see uh, Aliyah Taporia back in the octagon. He's got a mm. he's got a test with Damon Jackson, and Taporia is just I, I I I his ceiling is so high in my opinion at 145. That fight against Yusuf Salal was so fun, and he just looked amazing in that fight. So. That's a guy. Like, if there's an under the radar fighter, I would say Taporia is probably at the top of my list. I'm really excited to see how he follows that up. Casey, what what do you got? Oh, it's easy. John Vellante versus Jake Collier.
6: <laughs> oh man, when I saw when I saw the weigh in photos of John Vellante, he is embracing going to heavyweight. Good lord, <laughs> it's like so. And, and the fact that this is the opening fight in the card, and it's in the small cage, and and why why I love high level mixed martial arts, I'm just kinda hoping after about 45 seconds, they're gassed and just sweaty and just like I just hope it's just a slobber knocker for about 14 and a half minutes and then someone gets knocked out. But uh, I I'm just um I love ridiculous fights like that. I, I, I just I'm a big John Vellante fan and um just uh I just love how about 10 seconds in every fight he looks exhausted but he's still swinging and everything, so as far as yeah, I mean yeah, there are better fights on the card, you know whatever. But that's the fight to watch. So show up, show up early, kids. Show up
3: early. <laughs> We're gonna see Matt Wyman fight tomorrow night against Jordan Levitt. That 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 one intrigues me. I'm intrigued by that one. What else we got? All right. Joseph Bosa always coming through with the questions. Yeah.
4: That Joey Bosa watches your show.
3: Uh, shouldn't Lewis Smolka be higher up on the card? What's interesting, uh, Dean, is I-, I looked at the card. Maybe yesterday, as early as yesterday, or maybe Wednesday, Lewis Smolka versus Kinyoni was just supposed to be the first fight of the night, and then they pulled the whole switcheroo, and now he's the featured prelim. So I think it's a pretty good spot for him. I, I-, I like that being there. It's not the first fight of the night anymore. And by the way, Smolka made the weight was under the was under one thirty five, one thirty four and a half. So it looks like he's got that part behind him and then he's going to fight you know quinones looking to bounce back both those guys looking to bounce back from first round finishes so i think it's a pretty good spot for him i I wouldn't feel like disrespected if i was them anybody think that should be higher up i think it's in a pretty good spot
5: uh you know mike normally i'm so oh sorry brendan go ahead
4: no i I agree with mike i don't uh yeah it feels about right it's fine yeah yeah
5: um nor- normally i'm someone who who rails about like how important it is to be on the main card versus the prelims but if for a card like this where i believe it's all on espn2 and espn plus so if it's almost just like one straight broadcast i don't even know how much I'll be honest, i don't outside of main and co-main i'm not sure how much card placement matters uh and frankly being on earlier might be better um because it's again, you know cards are so long i plan to watch the whole card you're probably more likely to watch the first five prelims, uh, maybe take some sort of break during the main card. I'm not sure when um, and then and then come back from the main and co-main. So you wouldn't want Smoka and Quinones and to be in that spot. Opener is always good, of course. As we said, we thought that it was going to be the opener. But um, no, it's uh, I, I don't think it says anything of either guy. Maybe a little slap on the wrist for Smoka for uh, for missing weight last time. I don't know. Um, but that's just speculation. I don't have any. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just gossiping. I'm just creating headlines. Uh, so yeah, yeah, n- nothing official there. But no, it's not a bad spot to be. They they do like to tout the featured prelims, so it's it's not. Um, so it's good. It's a good. It's a good spot, and it's gonna be a great fight.
6: Yep, looking forward to it. Um, well, we're getting questions on other cards. I'm trying. I'm trying to stick everyone to this card, but um, there there doesn't be It doesn't seem to be too much interest. And this card. Do you want to take anything from any other cards?
3: Listen, we got, we got Brennan. Freaking <laughs> yeah, out so, of
5: course. We got Brendan here. Bring, any questions, man. Of course, uh,
3: yeah, we can
0: take, we can take a few fun ones. All
3: right. All right. Yeah. I know.
6: Yeah. People, people are liking John Vellante heavyweight though. They, they enjoy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> can we call him giant oh. Vellante? Can we go giant, giant Vellante? Vellante. <laughs> Is that a thing? Can we get that going? Yeah. <laughs> It sounds impressive, right? It sounds more than you than you know than kind of the way we described him before. Gi-
3: I'm gonna say giant Volante. I'll
5: get that. I'll get that. Go, I'll get that going on Twitter. I'll get that going.
3: Anyone know the story behind Jeremy Stevens calling Giga Chikadze butt cheeks after Giga's recent win? I mean, I would have to say it's the last name Chikadze. I don't know. I, I, oh, I I, I didn't. I didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't
6: even. I think you figured out the riddle. I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that either. <laughs> Okay, something tells you you have
5: a, a much better answer than mine, I definitely do not. I was also at the time I, I will say I was trying to like almost make something in my mind and and think that there was something better, but then I, I until I realized it was just a play on his last name uh yeah, guys, that's it there's no there's nothing I hate to use this word to answer this question. there's nothing uh juicier to the uh <laughs> to the question. It is just cheek cheek so but Chikadze. why are? we – I'm so glad that we are, we're here. To, I'm so glad we're here to discuss it and that we have Bre- we have Brendan we have Brendan's expertise here to address such an important question. So, thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing that to when we have such a great guest on. Jeez, Louise.
6: I like it, I like how it says it's butt cheeks like right over your face.
5: Oh my gosh!
6: I I don't like that. <laughs> Open your mind, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh,
3: Good to do. Oh, no. That's a bummer. Oh, uh, the breaking, the breaking
5: news. The yes. Breaking news.
3: Apparently. Misha Cirkinoff versus Ryan Spann has been removed from December 19th. Undisclosed injury from Serkinov. Yeah, UFC looking to rebook the fight in February. So, all right. That's, That's a I, uh, Aaron, Aaron Bronstetter and TSN. Uh,
5: there you go. Breaking that side of it for our, 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 our Canadian scoop.
6: Uh, we've got a question about the lady fight. We haven't talked about that. Sure,
3: De La Rosa versus Santos card takes another hit. Wow. <clears throat> does De La Rosa get a decision win, Brandon? I, I gotta say, one of the more surprising performances, and maybe it's just because of how she fought in her UFC debut coming out the contender series, but one of the most impressive performances that I've seen, and maybe it was surprising just based on the first fight. Tyler Santos against Molly McCann, that was super impressive. She looked amazing in that fight. And now Montana De La Rosa is going to take, is taking this fight on short notice, about three weeks notice, stepping in to fight a 16 and one fighter. De La Rosa is the ranked fighter heading into this one, but a big opportunity for Tyler Santos. What do you think of that matchup? I think it's pretty interesting.
4: Yeah, I mean, Montana's really good, but she hasn't shown the ability to, to be among the elite. To, to really kind of match up with the fighters in the top 10 and then thrive against them. Um, but she's just taken care of anybody below her pretty much, you know? Or did she lose to Araujo the last time out too? I can't remember she, what happened there. She did, she did yeah. She, she's
6: pretty heavily yeah. too. Yeah,
4: yeah, so, I mean, I think Montana De La Rosa, there's a lot to like there, and she's still really young. Um, so maybe, uh, but I don't know, Tyla Santos and some of these contender series Brazil – Tyler Santos was from the contender series specific Brazil season that we shot in three days or whatever, a couple years ago, I think. And, uh, some of those prospects, especially on the women's side have been really good. Santos is one of them. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva is another one. Uh, the one who had a draw against Calvillo. Uh, Marina uh, Rodriguez Maria, is yeah. another one. <clears> throat> so throat> yeah, throat> th- there's been several women from that show and Tyler Santos is one of them. She looks really good. I'm not surprised that she's, uh, Quite a
3: sizable favorite in this matchup. One thing, AK, I, I want to get your take on this fight as well. One, even though she she got beat pretty handily, and it was it wasn't like a controversial decision or anything against Viviana Arujo, Montana De La Rosa showed that she's a little more comfortable on the feet. Like normally she likes to get fights on the ground, she's got that wrestling pedigree, she gets mm-hmm. a lot of submissions, but she wasn't afraid to stand in there and and, and swing them bolos with Viviana Arujo. And Arujo looked great on the feet too, but De La Rosa looks a lot more confident and, uh, definitely showed improvement in her striking game. How much does that kind of factor into this? And you know, what do you think of the matchup?
5: Yeah. I think anytime you have a fighter like this, she's not, not even six years old. I know she's probably become a bit of a familiar face to, uh, UFC fans over the last couple of years. Uh, she did the ultimate fighter and you know, she's had a fair share of exposure. So maybe people think, um, that she's older and more experienced than she is, but uh, she is, she's not even 26 yet. So Anytime you have, <clears throat> excuse me. Anytime you have a fighter like that between appearances, they can grow so much. And like you said, especially when when they have a fight, even in a loss, where they they kind of say, "Oh, I had, you know, I had some success in this department. I, I, now I know how to apply that in a practical way. I can take that back in the training, and then now take that back to the fight." So I, I do think that aspect of her game is going to keep improving. I think she's already a very fun fighter to watch on the ground. I think she'll have the advantage there um, against Santos. I was I was I, was, I made to study Santos a little bit more. But I do think De La Rosa has a, maybe the slightly more uh, dangerous submission game. Um, I'm a little shocked at the, that uh, looking at the odds, it's like minus 200 uh, at least on, on most sites for Tyler Santos. I think it's a little disrespectful. Uh, De La Rosa has faced a much higher level uh, of competition on her way up. Uh, if you look at um, Santos' record, it's a, it's a little padded with respect to her. It's a little padded. So... Uh, once again, I'm going. I think I'm going to be my best uh, week, best slap, worst week of picks yet. I think I'm going with another underdog, and uh, I like De La Rosa's chances a lot. So to answer the original question, I think De La Rosa might be able to win, like Shockfield, win by submission, not just decision.
3: Wow, look at you making the bold predictions. I like it. Don't get, yeah, don't gamble. <laughs> Never okay.
7: gamble.
3: Yeah, De, De, De La Rosa. When I when I talked to her, said that it was kind of an interesting camp for her because. She, before her last fight, she trained at team at elevation fight team. She couldn't go out this time because there was a bunch of COVID-19 positive tests out there. So she had to work with Elliot Marshall via zoom. Like every day she would check in with him and they would work on that, but she stayed at home. She trained with Lauren Murphy a lot for this fight. So, you know, there's worse people to to work with than someone like Lauren Murphy, who's just been surging through this division right now. So it's an interesting fight. I like that one. Maybe we'll take, take a couple more. Let hands. Brennan get on with his day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of time at home these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can Ovin St. Prue make a comeback and have a final run at the title, AK? I,
5: you never say never, certainly, uh, in the UFC. I mean, look, we've had more unlikely... I think maybe Michael Bissing probably still go down as one of our most unlikely uh, veterans, you know, finally making their way to a title. Uh, certainly, you know, if, if the things break the right way for open St. Pru, I, I would definitely bet against it. Um, I, I don't see it happening. Again, I think it's really talented fighter. I think he's a guy who, when his career is over, he'll, he'll be very proud of it. He's got a lot of good wins in there the longevity, all the finishes. He might end up with the the most finishes at uh, at light heavyweight. I guess he wouldn't be eligible this week, unfortunately to add to that. Um, but I making a run for the title. I don't know. I think we've had a lot of good 205ers kind of emerge over the last 18 months. Uh, Jimmy crew, John, Johnny Walker, um, a lot of the people I'm forgetting. I'm sure uh, um, Yuri are is right up there. So he'd have to get past one of the one or two of those guys to get back to a title fight. It really seems unlikely. And even guys who have kind of other veterans like uh, uh, Grover Sherrick, I feel like about outlasted him. Anthony Smith, I think also as well. So I don't know where he fits in. I think he does end up kind of occasionally fighting top 10 guys. And then uh, fighting these new, these up and coming guys like um, uh, Jamal Hill. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but no, title fight, I don't, I don't see that happening.
3: Yeah, I, I'm yeah. going with never say never. I mean, I guess that's like the nice way to say it. I mean, you never know. We've, stranger things have happened, but he's got to beat Jamal Hill before he can have that conversation.
6: You know, but Open St. Pruitt is one of those guys, like, I remember him in Strike Force. I mean, and. And honestly, like I, I kind of thought Ovin St. Pru, a, a bit like I saw Anthony Smith in the past, it was like, good fighter. You know, He, he we're going to see him in the middle of cards a lot, you know? But I just, but he's, what, 37? The weight cut thing does kind of scare me. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, I want to, especially coming at 9 o'clock, that's just very odd. Just That's just very weird. Um, but, man, uh, is <laughs> would Ovin St. Pru... Would Ovin St. Pru be the most unlikely UFC champion? I mean, like, I, I could say that about Jan. I remember Jan being just a mid tier 205er, and all of a sudden he's champ. So, yeah, we'll go We'll with go Never
3: Say Never. How about that? Jan Blahovic, like, Jan Blahovic being champion is just amazing. Like, the guy lost four out of five. He lost to Patrick Cummins, and now he's the UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. Like, wow. no disrespect to Patrick Cummins, but <laughs> like, but like, yeah, if I, anyone became a fan over the last two years and I told you that Jan Blachowicz lost to Patrick Cummins, you'd be like, no, no, he didn't. You crazy? Yeah. <laughs> when? Yeah, it didn't happen.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brendan, what do you think? What do you think of uh, OSP's uh, 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 you know, OSP, chance I mean, of getting another shot? Yeah, I
4: hate to beat a dead horse, but uh, I think you guys covered it. I think it's a never-say-never never type of thing. There are fights out there for him to... Make the rise like if he shuts down the prospect and then he fights Jimmy Crute and wins, or Ryan Span or somebody like that, or Magomed Ankalaev. Like he's fought so many guys, but there's enough guys ahead of them that makes sense to match him up. Um, to follow up on Casey's point though, you hop on the scale at 902 and you're two pounds over. Like it's just a question of motivation at, at his age and this deep into his fight career. Is he even? Thinking that that's the goal is he sitting there like I'm going to do everything I can to get a title and I'm not going to stop until I can because you need to have that attitude or is your attitude. Yeah, I'm going to cash a few more checks because I'm a big enough name. I put on good fights. I'm going to win some and you know, maybe I won't win them all, but I can still do this. My body feels good. I think to get back to the title fight, it takes that next level dedication in every aspect of everything plus a bunch of good breaks. And so that, you know, that's where i'll leave it
6: yep fair yep. enough agree yeah. I, I i sorry I, I just i just can't get over the fact that he missed by what less than two pounds at nine at nine <laughs> o'clock because you yeah that means you're out of the 50k potentially at 50 and oh and osp yeah. is one of those guys that when he wins fights he usually wins big you know it's usually yeah. a big big left hand or a really impressive submission or a so, choke right or yeah, yeah. And, and and being so hype on the card it, in the it's likely you're going to be in the running for a performance award and then you i don't know it's just yeah it's like, the, really yeah.
4: there's a sauna there's a sauna right yeah. over there
6: you have two it's more like, hours you're two right more over there. there so
4: but yeah. I, I think I, you would have i want to make this clear i've never cut mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. i've never you know i, I, I easy for me to Same. say go sit in the sauna a yeah. little bit
5: more. yeah uh, I think he would have uh, broken. He's tied, I think, with Shogun and John Jones for the most fight night bonuses. So he would have had that record uh, if he got another uh, bonus. But I assume, of course, he'll be he'll be ineligible now. But um, yeah, and twenty percent uh, also. I think for him, OSP again. He's been around for a while. That's probably around like twenty thousand dollars for Jamal Hill. So that's not a small. That's not a small amount of money at all, by the way, uh, to take that penalty. So yeah, like we said, we're sure there'll be a story behind it. Probably coming to, uh, probably coming to what the heck? I'm just saying. Like we, we have a man, we have a man named Mike Heck who gets all the answers. Uh, so watch that show every Thursday.
6: Plug. Okay. Thank. So, you. Wow. What a guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, before we head, log off,
3: let's um, answer this question. Oh. <laughs> What would your guys' fighting nicknames be? Oh, God. Mine's already
5: mine's already taken by uh, a, a man fighting on this card. One of the uh, we 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 share the same nicknames, very awkward. People get confused all the time. Uh, handsome Matt Wyman and handsome Alexley. Lee. Uh, so I mean, definitely I'm the world. <laughs> I, I love those old school boxer like ha- handsome, gorgeous. Like I love those old school boxer names. So I, I would love to have one of those. It'd be really funny.
3: Marvelous. Marvelous, Evers marvelous, Lee. yeah. Pretty, pretty is always good.
5: Pretty,
6: pretty boy, pretty boy, I like it. Sugar, sugar, A.K. Lee, I like it. Sugar,
3: quality again. Quality. <laughs> there you go, um, Brent, Brandon. Do you have you have you ever thought about this? What your fighting nickname I, would be? I usually think more about my walkout song. Yeah, and me too. Our nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear a
4: song and I'm just like, I'd walk out to that. Yep. I, and then I'm like picturing the walk, and I'm you know. For nickname, um, this is super cheesy, and I don't know if I would do it. I almost kind of want somebody else to do it. But if you're a rear naked choke specialist and your nickname is the ocean, right? Because they say, don't turn your back on the ocean. Ooh. So you don't turn your back on the ocean. And then it's also, you know, water is this dominant force of life. It covers most of what makes up most of us, covers most of the earth. It's all dom- whatever. You don't mess with water. You don't, you don't turn your back on the ocean. And then you could walk out. To Led Zeppelin, "The Ocean," which is also a badass walkout song.
5: That's a whole. You so got that's, that's one. <laughs> that's a whole gimmick. That's a whole gimmick, Brendan. The uh, Brendan, the Ocean, Fitzgeralds.
4: Right, but it's also cheesy and bad at the same time.
6: Isn't that MMA? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah right, right.
4: And then. Oh, since my last name is Fitzgerald, I was like, oh, I could be uh, Fitz the uh, Brendan the Tantrum, and then walk out to Fitz in the Tantrums. There you go. <laughs> Whoa, I, that's a deep cut. I don't, I don't really like got... Fitz in the Tantrums that much. Like they've had a couple of good songs, but yeah, that's also not very creative. So I don't know what I would do with the nickname. Um, yeah, that's I, that, that's what I got <laughs> for you, Brendan. Like have,
5: have any have any fighters ever given you a nickname?
4: No, I mean so many people just, just call me Fitzy, like Mike knows yeah. this. Living in New England, it's just like Fitzy is, right. the, is the thing. So can't be Brennan Fitz Fitzgerald. That's you know pretty stupid. So Could uh, be. yeah,
3: <laughs> I feel like I feel like if I didn't go with what the, it's a huge miss. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Mark Hand of God beer. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, exactly. Yeah, you
6: got to roll like, through. Yeah, it's a whole
5: phrase. Yeah. yeah, you're creating a whole phrase with yeah. your name. Like when, when I played high
3: school, when I played high school football, my coach didn't call me Mike or heck. He just called me Wata. That was it. Hey, Wata, get over here. Wata, you're in. Like that's, that's what it was. That's a little rude. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's what so what happens. happens. She did. Young, young man. I think Casey, the
6: truck,
5: Casey, the truck line.
6: Oh, um, I get called the, uh, the brawling panda. That's what I... oh, that's great. Yeah. brawling, brawling panda. panda. That's. God, marketing? marketing?
5: Have yeah. you copyrighted that?
6: No, no, no. I got it. Yeah, I'll go, down, I'll go
5: down to the better. trademark office later today. I'll say, hey, comments, people, don't steal that, all right? The I see the
6: YouTube
5: commenters taking that.
6: Yeah, fighting, te- fighting, being technical and fighting is so boring. You just like, yeah, so coach is always like, Casey, elbows in, stop brawling. I'm like, okay. <laughs> can I, uh,
5: Casey, can I read a comment from the YouTube section, oh, uh, nickname she, suggestion? Go for, for it. For a fighter. Uh, watch my six 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 regular commenter says uh, I want Sumedairy to be the nickname of a boy named Sumedairy. Uh, of course, a little yeah. Johnny Cash, a little Johnny Cash reference. Uh, I, was, I, I saw that joke a lot going around after his win on uh, this past weekend. There was a lot of Johnny Cash
3: jokes going around. That's a guy to keep an eye on heading into twenty twenty one for sure. Sumedairy, <clears throat> a boy named.
4: I also don't think that he would understand your Johnny Cash jokes.
5: <laughs> you never know. You never know.
4: Yeah, no, that would be
5: I don't think that translates. That would be a, that'd be a tough one to translate. That'd be confusing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Prince of Positivity, don't get it confused with the Prince of War. Jay Steiner. No, no. No. Oh our boy Jay Steiner's in the comments.
5: <laughs> That's him. Regular. Matchmaker uh, regular extraordinaire. On, regular. On to the next one, uh contributor.
3: Yes. Cool. Is that it? I we good, it, sir. All right. I like Brandon, the ocean. There's the no, there no top in that. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. You are the ocean. And I don't know if I'm able to yeah. call you anything else for, for the rest <laughs> of our professional careers at this point after, <laughs> after the way you laid that out. Man. But, really uh, bad. listen, man, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I didn't even want to go after that. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> want to go. It was so good. But uh, you're the man, Brennan. I appreciate the time. I know you got a, hey, a podcast, which is very good. Why don't you plug away on that and uh, anything yeah. else you got coming up?
4: So I do my podcast, Fitz Nation. just try to get a guest on each week, a fighter or uh, a broadcaster or a media member or somebody, uh, you know, in the world of MMA for now and just uh, chat about their life and career for about an hour. So that comes out on Wednesdays. My YouTube channel is Nation Podcast, Fitz Nation. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun.
3: Appreciate you being here. You can
4: catch
6: Brendan thanks, on the
3: broadcast December 19th, the final card of the year. Oh, you, you, get the, you get the big final card. Nice. I
4: get the big final card that just lost another <laughs> fight. <laughs> 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 there'll, there'll,
6: there'll, be, there'll be a couple fights left by the 19th. Don't worry. There'll be like two or three. Yeah. We're good. Brendan will, there, there. Okay? <laughs> Brendan will I'll be there. Okay, Brendan will be there. No matter, we'll
4: see who no matter who. Yeah.
6: That's why we show up. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, dude, it's the ocean. The ocean's calling the fights, guys. This is the, ocean. the
3: ocean will be there, <laughs> December nineteenth. <19th. laughs> oh man. Well, we were here and now we're out of here. So for Brendan Fitzgerald, ekc Casey Biden, Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow night, everybody.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co/bball for eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
0: support for this show comes from fundrise buy low sell high it's easy to say hard to do for example high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now demand is dropping and prices are falling even for many of the best assets.